Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy basketball tools and analysis on the internet. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? It's ready for another great season of fantasy basketball, Michael. This is it. This is the beginning of the season. This is what we've all been waiting for. And as the season gets started, we are doing our annual 30 teams in more than 30 days team previews. Um, and we do this every year. We like to, a lot has happened this year. A ton has happened in the offseason. And each team almost looks completely different than it did last year. Usually some of the teams stay the same. Uh, this team actually doesn't look terribly different. But uh, the offseason was so interesting that we have to go through all 30 teams. We're going to tell you what happened, why they've changed, and what fantasy values have changed throughout all the standard league relevant players. And maybe some, maybe some deep league uh, tidbits in there as well. Tyler, are you are you ready to get started? I am ready. This is a crazy stat, Mike. I'll give you one crazy stat before we get going. 20, wow, right. 20 of the 30 teams spent at least $40 million in free agency. Wow. That, that has to be, I assume, a record. I would assume so. That was capped. The, the leader in the clubhouse, the Brooklyn Nets, who spent, you want to guess how much? Uh, $130 million. $349.48 million. Oh, my God. Um, just, you Obviously, know, give, they, they shelled out. Shelled out the big, you know, Kevin Durant and the big Kyrie Irving, too, which was that alone was basically, right, like $300 million, and then anybody else they signed was the other forty nine. That's true. I, you know what? I only need like 1.2 million, and I, I, you never hear from me again, Tyler. You just, I just ride off to my, to my beach and, and do nothing for the rest of my life. It'd be great. Fair enough. Um, but no, the Brooklyn Nets. We will get to them soon in our 30 teams in over 30 days. Uh, but first, we are going to start out with probably not the most exciting team to start out with, but. All teams are significant when you're playing fantasy basketball, and I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about the Detroit Pistons. Uh, they ended up losing uh, one of uh, an old, an old fantasy favorite, Jose Calderon, uh, who hasn't been relevant in a very long time. Wayne Ellington and uh, John Lear, Glenn Robinson, Ishmith, Zaja Pachulia, all those guys ended up on different teams, um, but they did add. Tim Frazier, Markeith Morris, one of the more Morai twins. Uh, gonna butcher his name, Tyler. Sudeku Dumaboya. <laughs> we'll go with it. That was, I, thought, I don't think that was terribly far off. Um, D, uh, and, and, Dumboye. And Dumboye, Mike. Dumboye. 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 Uh, I am, I'm going to get better at that this season, Tyler. That is my resolution for the watching the boxes fantasy basketball podcast is to actually learn how to pronounce people's names. It's uh, it's um, I, I can't promise I'm always going to be great 
But uh, for the listeners out there, I'm going. I'm going to improve this year. Just watch. And um, here's here's the problem I fall into with it. If I start <laughs> pronouncing it like when they come into the league wrong, then like I don't know, like muscle memory or whatever kicks in, and and I keep pronouncing it wrong. So I always try to like learn the guy's name as soon as possible because if I don't, then I know I'm going to be saying it terrible for the rest of forever. I need to hear it on like while watching basketball. So, so we haven't seen too much basketball at this point. I need to hear the announcers say it over and over, watch it on my league pass or whatever. And the then favorite when the announcer like, butchers it though, just I know. Then butchers. I just say whatever the how the butch the butchering of the announcers. <laughs> but uh, no, Detroit also added. Uh, some old favorites of the uh, of mine from the Chicago Bulls, Derrick Rose and Tony Snell. Did not know Tony oh. Snell was going to be uh, was on Detroit. Uh, that was something I completely missed, even though uh, he was traded from Milwaukee back in June. Uh, so I, I definitely missed that one. Uh, kind of a, a weird offseason for Detroit, um, as as we do with these team previews. What is the most interesting? fantasy like storyline what are you most interested about the detroit pistons going into this fantasy basketball season i mean for me i guess the most interesting thing would be the point guard battle right it's going to be talked about in detroit at least um between derrick rose and reggie jackson you know we've seen that reggie jackson never gets as many minutes as we think he should now Derrick Rose is there, you know, will they give Rose 30 minutes? Are they going to kind of split the baby and both play in the twenties? Um, what's going to happen there? I guess will be the most interesting fantasy thing because I mean, we say about this all the time, right? Like any starting point guard is probably standardly relevant in fantasy. So, you know, that could be a, kind of a big thing to watch, but if they're both playing 25, 26 minutes, like maybe neither one is too relevant in fantasy. So um, that's something to keep an eye on, I guess. Yeah, and if you talk about Reggie Jackson, right, he played about 28 minutes per game last season, and he was, you know, borderline fantasy relevant. He, he was only like 15 and with four assists. Um, really wouldn't rely on Reggie Jackson being someone you, you, you stick with in the draft. But, you know, Derek Rose, who did have a very nice little bounce-back season uh, – to you know he'll never be back to his former mvp self obviously but you know as a relevant fan to him to be a relevant nba player after like 35 surgeries and uh, running on fake knees um is incredible but he also will never be a fantasy super fantasy relevant high draft pick simply because he's a scorer he's probably only gonna average four or five assists a a game doesn't do a ton else for you but well, but if you if you said both of these guys are going to play 28 minutes a game next season, would you draft either one of them in a 12-team standard league draft? Here's the crazy part. Don't they basically produce the same stat line? Like Reggie might hit a few more three-pointers. Derek Rose is going to be a little bit more efficient probably. But like they're really kind of similar players. They score. They don't get you any defensive stats, which if you're a rookie, a rookie fantasy player – that's where you fall into the trap, right? You're like, oh, man, D. Rose is getting me 17 a game. I want that. Well, if he's giving you 17 with basically no other stats, do, do you really want that? Like, that's not going to be that high of a ranked player because 17 points is good. It's fine. But it's not – it's one category, and you need guys who are going to get you a steal and, you know, get you five assists and get you two or three or four, 
you know, rebounds a game, shoot two three-pointers. Like Rose is not going to hit any three-pointers, right? Is he even going to average one a game? Probably not. And um, if, I mean, if this is your first time uh, listening to the podcast, shout out to you. Well, uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, but we really do focus on well-rounded players. Is is Derek Rose fa- playing 28 minutes a game standard league fantasy relevant if you're playing in a head-to-head league? Yeah, definitely. I think so because you know, if you score 17, 18 points a game uh, and you can be picked up in a later round or even off the waiver wire, that's that's incredibly valuable at, at, at the very least as a streaming player. But overall, you know, uh, what I prefer to play is in, in Roto Leagues and Ninecat Leagues where – uh, you know everything matters, and uh, we we're not going to like you know particularly play any one punt strategy in a in a head to head league, and neither one of these players are are standout players for um, being great at one category or being uh, relevant in a roto league. They both have the huge holes, and they only do you know one or two things decently well, like Tyler was saying. Twenty eight minutes a game by my. Quick and dirty calculations. Um, Derek Rose would basically be a last round pick. Okay. And Reggie Jackson would be slightly above, like like one or two spots with the 12 team league ahead of the last round. So he would be a 12th round pick as opposed to a 13th round pick in a standard 12 team league. So that's weird because I think I would actually switch that when I'm looking at it because simply because of the scoring. Scoring's really, really hard to come by in the later rounds. And if you're in like a bigger league, um, let's say you're playing in uh, 12 plus, uh, having someone who potentially, and that's the thing, potentially with Derek Rose, who can score 17, 18 points, play in 28 minutes, that's, that's real nice. Uh, I like that. But I don't know if he's, I, I just don't know if he's even going to play 28 minutes, and that's a big red flag to me. And here's the other thing I'll say about that, right? That was, we're talking, you know, getting 28 minutes. I don't think either one of these two, I think that's the ceiling for both players, right? Is 28 minutes. Like, I don't think either one of these two, unless one of them, you know, goes down in training camp. I don't say stuff like that about Derek Rose. No, no. Watch your damn mouth. Well, I mean, anybody can go down in training camp, I guess is my point. But, you know, given what we know today, I'm probably like, like you're saying, if you want to take your last round pick, but you're going to end up dropping him for somebody else, right? Like you're going to end up streaming that spot probably like, cause they're both probably yeah, going to play. I, I don't think either one of them are. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think either one of them are really terribly relevant unless you're in, in, in the, in those bigger leagues. Um, but let's, let's have say, no idea what's going to happen there really. Right. And let's, but let's say, Whatever, you know, they have Tim Frazier too, right? Um, let's say one or the other goes down and you're looking at Reggie Jackson or Derrick Rose as the unquestioned starting point guard on the Pistons. Yeah, that's nice. inevit- Inevitably, both these men have been hurt rather frequently in their careers, right? Like, I'm not trying to throw shade on either one. I'm just, we've seen them both get hurt in the past, right? Pretty much, mostly every season. So... You know, then I'm pretty interested in, in one or the other, right? Like, if you're telling me Derrick Rose is going to get, like, 32 minutes a game or Reggie Jackson is going to get, like, 32 minutes a game, I'd be, you know, interested in that. But it's still, like, it's probably just inside the top 100 player. Like, it's not like it's a top 50 guy, I don't think, just because yeah, there's it, not going to be any defensive stats. I completely agree. Uh, let's talk about the other fantasy uh, uh, standard league relevant players on this team. And there is not a whole lot um, 
Andre, let's start with Andre Drummond. I think he's easily the number one uh, player that I would take off of this team. Uh, Andre Drummond, who bumped his free throw uh, percentage uh, up to at least a respectable amount. You know, shout out to Andre Drummond. Um, And who is dominant in rebounds. A very, very good scorer. Kind of had, um, you know, an off-season a couple of years ago, but then over the last two years has been um, – has just been really, really reliable. Um, he, he he should probably shoot around 60% from free throw, which isn't like Dwight Howard punt every single it's, – it's still bad, right? But it's still a great punt uh, strategy player to have. But it is not the if you're in a roto league, you undraftable Andre Drummond. Like Andre Drummond still can be drafted in a roto league, even with that bad free throw percentage, simply because his rebounds, his 1.7 steals last season, his 1.8 blocks, almost two and two, which is almost. I, I don't think there's too many other players. Maybe Giannis, maybe not even Giannis, who could average two and two steals and blocks, uh, along with elite field goal and rebounding and that's that that to me is a incredibly good center even though he does not hit any threes which in the modern game you kind of have to hit threes if you're a center Ready for this two questions let me hear them mike in a head-to-head league what round are you picking andre drummond second round Assuming standard 12-team league, I like that. To me, I, I'm fine picking him. You know, I think there's maybe a couple guys, like, in that turn range I might want a little bit more. But, like, when it gets to, like, 15, 16, depending on what's on the board, I might go Drummond. I mean, I just feel like he's super safe. Yeah. And he's going he's gonna to lead the league in rebounding, right? Pretty, pretty much a lock. You know, he's going to get you lots of steals, lots of blocks. The points are going to be relatively good. I mean, it's not going to be over 20 like a lot of the guys in that range, but 17.3 still pretty good. He's going to shoot a great field goal percentage. Like, you can get a lot there. So so I'm pretty comfortable in, like, even then that kind of early second round, um, taking Drummond. So Roto League, assuming nine-cat. Nine-cat Roto. This is your specialty, right? What round? Nine-cat Roto is what I play. What round are you taking um, Andre Drummond? Because he's not a good turnovers guy, too, right? He turns the ball over a little more than some big men, right? I mean, yeah, he's, like not, not, he's not great at turnovers. He does actually, I would say, hurt you in uh, assists. And as I was saying, anyone on your team who doesn't hit threes is now a detriment. We've seen the the the, the studies are in, the data is in. Um, everyone on your team needs to hit a three in order to be relevant in the three-point category. It really does. You have to have you have to have an elite guy like Steph Curry to make up for someone who's going to have zero. But even then, there's there's so many three point shooters out there, and threes are so easy to come by now because everybody's shooting threes. Having a center or even a big who will always start for you but will never hit a three has now become a detriment. It used to be just normal, but now centers hit threes. There's plenty of centers out there who will hit threes this year. But not yeah, but um, okay. I, I, I get you're behind in that sense, but 
So let's just like just perusing kind of the top 50. Ben Simmons probably not going to make any threes. You with me on that? Uh, yeah, definitely not going to make any threes. That's Andre actually head to head. Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond on the on the turn. Eh? What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am 100% fine with that. But let's keep right, going. DeAndre Ayton, no threes, no, right? No, probably not. No Didn't hit any last year. Uh, Rudy Gobert, probably no threes. No threes. Uh, Clint Capella, probably no threes at all. Then you probably got guys not. like you got guys like Lamarcus Aldridge who hit point three, right? You got Rudy or Demar Derozan point six. So like, yeah, you know, there's certainly guys in the top. Like, point is though, yeah. like, some some people think, oh, I'm dead because I've got I'm dead in that category because I've got Andre Drummond, and especially in a roto league, I think that's a mistake. Like, you don't want to be dead last in any category in a roto league. So yeah. don't completely ignore three pointers because you got a guy who doesn't get any. I wouldn't be, say so. Be as, fourth as in the category. Be seventh. Don't be twelfth. As you were asking me, I don't think I'd let him slip out of the third round because all those guys you mentioned, they all have this big hole at three pointers. There's other players, and threes are easy to come by. Like like I said, there's other players you can make up for that. His other holes, being free throw and assists, I think lead me to be to move him down into the third round. Uh, in a in a roto league, but you are looking at the best rebounder in the league, along with uh, an incredible steals and blocks guy, along with an incredible field goal percentage guy. So you are getting huge boosts in multiple categories, not just average boosts or good boosts, huge top tier boosts uh, on 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 four categories from Andre Drummond, and I, I don't I don't think you let him get out of the third round. While some of those other guys you mentioned, right? You know, they're just not as good as Andre Drummond and what Andre Drummond does, which is pure center, pure big man stats. Blocks combined, I'd argue that the only person better is probably Anthony Davis. He's even yeah, better Anthony than Davis, Giannis, which he was last year. You know what I mean? Like Giannis was like 1.4 and 1.6, and he's he was 1.7 in both. So, crazy. I mean. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. He's an, uh, he's an elite fantasy basketball player. For sure, but with some with some big holes, uh, I don't have any issue with where people are taking Drummond. I don't have any issue with late first round if you're in a head to head, early second round, uh, late second round in a roto league, early third round in a roto league. Totally, totally fine with me. Um, a lot of people love him to build punt free throw strategies out of, and you should you should do that. Um, let's talk about the other fantasy basketball a standardly relevant guy on this team, at least the one that's guaranteed. Cause Tyler, I think you might have someone who might also be standardly relevant on this team hit, hiding in the weeds there, but we got to talk about the often injured Blake Griffin. Um, shout out, shout out to Blake Griffin, by the way, who played 75 games last season, 35 minutes a game, uh, 24 points, seven rebounds, a little, a little shade of point Blake. One of my favorite, uh, what three week periods of Blake Griffin's career where he was like averaging a triple double every night. He had 5.4 assists, uh, but he's almost the anti Andre Drummond when it comes to steals and blocks uh, less than one in each one of those. But 
you know, shout out, shout out to Blake Griffin for having a very, very, very good year and staying healthy. And we talk about Blake, I think, every year, and I kind of shy away from him just in the sense that, I, I mean, you know, he's given you basically one if you add his deals and his blocks together. Like, uh, do I want that? Like, no. I mean, it might be a little bit more than that. It was 1.1 last year. It's like, I don't, I, you know. And, like, the points are great. And if he slips to the, you know, 40s, 50s, like, I could see taking him. But he, he usually has a lot of name recognition, right? People love Blake Griffin. They like the highlights. They like the, oh, he's going to score 25 points. And so he gets pushed up. And then I'm always just like, I'm, I'm out on Blake Griffin. And, you know, you mentioned the injuries. Um, I'll read you the last couple years of games. Uh, 67, 35, 61, 58, and then 75. So gambling on another 75 doesn't seem that likely, right? It's probably more in that 60 to 65 range is where I would peg it, which is, you know, not not spectacular. Yeah. Um, I don't often have stayaways when it comes to the draft. Uh, I don't think really player drops far enough. There is no such thing as a stay away. But Blake Griffin is one of those guys that I need him to slip out of normal drafting range. So we're talking like fifth round, maybe the sixth round. After that, then I'm starting to be like, okay, Blake Griffin's still out there. He, he, hits 24, uh, he gets 24 points a game. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I gave him enough credit. Two point five st- uh, threes a game last season so he's improved that part of his game as well but those are the sexy stats right uh the the points and the rebounds but the the things that win you fantasy basketball leagues like the blocks and the steals and uh good percentages he's not he's not that great at and in fact uh his free throw percentage is only 70 5% and he shoots about seven a game. So that's a high volume at 75%. So he does fit punt strategies very well. So he's, his value would go up in a head to head league where you're punting a particular um, category, especially free throw. I, I mean, you know, I, I hesitate to, to draft Blake Griffin almost in any league, especially in a roto league. Um, like I said, you'd have to fall um, at least a, a where it's a little bit surprising where you pick him in order for me to draft him. But, you know, going into next year, do I think he will be mostly what he did last year? If he stays healthy? Yeah. I don't, I don't see why not. You know, he's, he's not, he's, he's sitting in the middle of his prime right now. He's 30 years old. Uh, I, I, I don't think the age really uh, scares me off at all. It's more of the, uh, the consistent injuries from Blake Griffin that scares me off. He is ranked 54 um, on totals in our hashtag basketball rankings. And honestly, like just looking at the rankings myself, I see a couple guys I, I think I'd definitely rather have over Blake. Um, you probably hit the nail on the head. Like I'm probably not picking him till it gets in the 60s. And then I'm like, yeah, Blake Griffin's still around. You know, I'm not loving some of these other options. Like I would probably rather have Blake than some of those guys, especially when we're talking about, you know, good points, good threes, you know, good rebounds, good assists from a power forward. Um, but I'm definitely not, I'm not jumping and I'm not super, super excited to have Blake Griffin on my team. Uh, neither am I. And I'm, uh, I'm also a little bit interested in, um, what the addition of Markeith Morris does 
to the minutes for Blake Griffin. Obviously, Blake Griffin, 50, uh, 35 minutes a game last season. That's a lot. That's a lot on those knees. Um, does Blake Griffin's minutes, uh, does his minutes go down with Markeith Morris in the game? Is Markeith Morris going to play a little three with Blake Griffin? Is Blake Griffin going to move to the five when Markeith Morris comes in? Uh, I'm not really sure what we're what we're going to see with the addition of, of Markeith. I mean, Markeith was not great last year. Um, he was kind of a, a big disappointment. So, you know, does Markeith have – what's Markeith going to do? That's a good question for anybody, um, especially when Markeith went to Oklahoma City, man. I mean, he only played 16 minutes a game. He was only playing so, 26 <laughs> minutes a game in Washington. Like, it was not a great year for Markeith, so – yeah, what what Markeith is going to do is a great question for everybody, including Markeith Morris. Um, the guy, we really like, that's like a wild card, you know, who knows what's going to show up there. But uh, this is a guy who just uh, outside of last year, he was averaging 27 plus minutes a game. So there is potential uh, that he is more than just a backup to Blake Griffin here. Um, I would also probably think Blake Griffin's minutes should go down a little bit just for wear and tear reasons. He is 30 years old, but since we are talking uh, about minutes, and you know, I certainly don't think Markeith Morris will be standard league relevant next season. Uh, but since we're talking about minutes, there are quite a few minutes left on this team, and I think this is kind of the more interesting question. Uh, the problem is I don't think there's any interesting players to fill the answer to this interesting question. But there are two starting spots here. Uh, at the two, at the three, we got Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, the one, the only, Tony Snell, and of course, um, your boy. I'm going to give it once again my best shot here. Say, Ku Dumboyo. Are the Pistons like in, like into this certain type of player who like? They don't produce any steals and blocks, and they can score, and they can like handle the ball like maybe a little tiny bit and get like two assists a game. Like I feel like a lot of these guys are like a similar player, like a similar type of player. Yeah, like I feel um, like they should trade for Doug McDermott this year. Like the one of the greatest of all time of not being able to get a steal or block in the or assist really in the history of the NBA. Uh, look that stat up; that is very true. Um, it's like they don't have advanced analytics in the organization because these guys aren't none of these guys are really really good and i would actually just say like uh dumboya is like to me the most interesting player that i just listed out and even he's you know he's a big question mark well he's definitely young and raw like i he did not play a ton of minutes um for his professional team last year so i would not expect him to come and play a ton of minutes but he's got those long arms and you know he's just uh the type of guy you look for in a project he can handle the ball a little bit he can you know rebound he can do a lot of different things he's pretty tall he's got a long wingspan um i like him for down the road this year i don't think he's gonna do a lot um the guy i'll mention i mean luke Kennard is one of the better three-point shooters in the nba is that crazy like he's a career 40 percent three-point shooter um with yeah. the way teams are valuing three-point shooting, like I'm surprised the Pistons haven't played him a little bit more. I mean, he only played 22 minutes last year. He's not I a said, great. I'm not sure, they have advanced analytics. I don't know if they've caught up to the whole three-point shooting thing. 
Not a great fantasy option, though, unless your like, league counts three-point percentage. But, I, I mean, I, he's, I, he's interesting to me because we see those guys who are really good three-point shooters like eventually a lot of times bubble up and get more minutes and are asked to do more things. And then because they're creating open shots for others, they're getting open shots themselves. Um, think about a guy like Buddy Heal. Think about a guy like Seth Curry, right? He had that year on the Mavericks where – he was super fantasy relevant. Um, I think that there's a potential there for that to happen. Now I would have to see some commitment to actually playing him more, and we don't know that yet. But I mean, the kids. Somebody, somebody's going to play on this team. Well, let's see. Uh, who's he got to beat out? Tony Snell, like. Yeah. Who should play more? I, I think you could beat out Tony. Yeah. Tony Snell, good, you know, good defender and all, and, and but Tony Snell in like 30, 30 minutes is is not even standardly relevant. That's how bad uh, offensively Tony Snell is. Um, is it Bruce Brown? Is is that the only contender here for for Luke Kennard to beat out? And Bruce Brown can do like some fantasy relevant things too, right? Like Bruce Brown's a decent ball handler. Bruce Brown, you know, was. Their, you know, their second round pick in 2018. Um, he averaged half a steal and half a block in 20 minutes a game. That's kind of semi interesting. Uh, maybe I'm gonna keep an eye on him going into the season. What maybe at 23, he you know takes a little bit of a minor leap and they have no one else to play, and so suddenly he's playing 30 plus minutes a game and you're getting a, a steal a plus steal out of this guy. And probably not a whole lot else, but uh, everyone else on this team is a streamer at best. And I don't even know if they're streamers because there's so many other good players in the NBA. I don't think I don't think I really terribly am interested in any of them. Uh, this is what I, I'd say if I was going into a draft tomorrow about the Pistons. I'd draft Andre Drummond and I'd draft Blake Griffin. I'd think about drafting with my last pick either Derrick Rose or Reggie Jackson, but I'd probably find somebody else I liked more. And the rest, I if it was a standard league, I'd probably just forget about. Like, I would just not, they would not be in my collective consciousness in the draft. Yeah, I don't think I can really disagree with that. And I think that is actually, unless you got a deep, deep league uh, sleeper, Tyler. No, but I would like to finish it with this question. This is kind of a fun thing to think about. Do the Pistons make the playoffs in 2020? Mm, Are they a playoff team gonna, in the coming season? Tyler, I'm going to have to go with no because the Chicago Bulls are making the Eastern oh, Conference playoff no. this year, knocking out the Detroit Pistons and, and, and destroying them in the, in the division. Um, I'm also going to vote no. So this is cool. I think if fans really want to follow, they can figure out our playoff teams by just listening to all 30 previews. I'm going to try to end with that question on everyone. Hey, yeah, you could probably uh, figure out that I've uh, put 10 teams into the playoffs if you listen to all of these uh, on each side, on Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, if you listen to the final question. Uh, oh, the best part is I hope you put like 12 Western Conference teams in the playoffs and like six Eastern Conference two, teams. Two Eastern Conference teams. <laughs> You know what? Once they get rid of the damn conferences, then I will be right. Uh, I should be right if if that's what is exactly what should happen. Um, I think that is it, Tyler. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at Tyler P. Watts. You can find me at 
watch the boxes. We're excited about this season. If you guys have feedback for the show, questions, comments, or anything else you would like to hear, hit us up on Twitter or check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes to support the show. And we will see you next time.